You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask Drone You. As always, my name is Paul, and I've got a very special guest today, Mr. Trent Cossey. Trent, welcome to the show. This is great. Thank you, Paul. I'm very happy to be here. This is uh, awesome. My first time on the show. Yeah, and I'm, I doubt it'll be your last, too. No, I'm looking forward to many more of these. Definitely. So why is Trent here on the show? Well, we do have a special announcement about expanding our team here at DroneU to include Trent, because as many of you know, drone teams and programs have really struggled to get, quote unquote, off the ground. There's a lot to manage. There's a lot of nuances and simply, you know, developing pilots and the right systems is difficult, which is why we developed the props program. And Trent is going to be kind of steamrolling the props program to drone teams and departments, but we're not here to bore you with a bunch of corporate announcements. Rather, we learned something very, very, very useful in working with Trent. So before we get into exactly what we learned, help me understand, Trent, your background, because if I understand, you've got almost 20 years of experience in GIS. You've worked with Wingtra, Pix. Like, what's what's your background? Yeah. No, it's been over 20 years of that solutions kind of consultant role where I've been, um, you know, very grateful. I've been exposed to the software, the data side of things, the hardware, um, all the whole workflow to help you get great geospatial data. So that's been my mission for these last 20 years to help those customers out and make sure they're looking at the right technology. And, you know, I got very excited when I started talking to, to Drone U about the, the props program because I, I feel the industry really needs it. And that's something that I really want to push forward because, again, it's, it's a great solution for um, these companies, uh, large enterprise corporations that are looking to start up their drone programs. And uh, Drone U's done an excellent job of creating this program. So I'm very excited to be uh, working with these guys and you know moving moving the ball down the field and helping the industry out tremendously. Well, we're grateful to have you because honestly, you add a tremendous amount of value um, with what you know in fixed wing drones, like the the Wingtra drones. If you guys are not familiar with that, it is vertical takeoff and landing fixed wing drone offers a full frame sensor. I mean, this is really mapping large areas at scale. In fact, I'm surprised more drone pilots haven't gone to Wingtra just because of the ease and simplicity of geo-referencing data sets, but also in just how much area you can cover. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's truly, um, it, it's game-changing. If 10 years ago you had told me uh, that there's going to be some technology or workflow out there, you could accomplish this on small to medium sites, I'd be so excited. I probably couldn't wait you know, for the next 10 years to come for this technology to be available. It truly is game-changing, though, uh, especially on smaller to medium-sized projects. Yeah, totally. Because I mean, the most you could really map with a Phantom in a given day, no geo-referencing, I would say would be like, you know, 2000 acres. Geo-referencing, the most we've been able to do in a day was like 400 acres or a large golf course. And the Wingtra drone does about 400 acres almost an hour, right? That's correct. Just on one flight. So when you think about a lot of the large fixed wing manned aircraft companies out there, you know, five, 10 years ago, you'd have to call up, you know, company A, hey, I got, you know, a thousand acres to go fly. And they would charge, you know, a pretty hefty price tag to, you know, ferry the aircraft out here, process the data, you know, minimum sometimes is $25,000, $30,000, where technology like the Wingtra workflow, now you can actually go after those projects 
and be very cost effective and efficient and pretty much have your own aerial imaging program internally in your company, almost in your back pocket. So that to me is extremely exciting. You know, something that the last 20 years that has really come about that's uh, really truly game changing. Yeah, no, 100%. And thanks to you at our uh, Props Mapper program, which is all of our mapping-based classes kind of in chronological order, we're adding this new fixed-wing drone section with the wing trub, doing a don't-crash course, and adding it to all the Props programs. Um, And honestly, flying with you with that wing trub, was really, really interesting, not just because of the uh, ability to map so much, but also the quality. That full frame sensor, even at 400 feet, is getting what, like an inch GSD? Roughly a centimeter and a half, uh, actually GSD at 400 feet with, with the 42 megapixel. So, Which is stellar because if you think about it, you're not even, the gosh, it's hard to really frame up uh, in a succinct sentence because it's literally a force multiplier because you can fly higher, because you can fly higher, you can fly larger sites, and then the way that we do georeferencing with the Wingtra is so easy and so simple under the right circumstances, right? Good workflow, yep. That it's a force multiplier to just do way better data at scale. That's correct. I mean, for example, we can't legally do this uh, yet uh, because FAA rules and everything else, but someday it's coming where Paul and I could go down to the city of Denver and probably map the whole city in a couple of days with two wingtress, where currently the way it's done is a fixed wing manned aircraft, they may spend anywhere two to three hundred thousand dollars a year to do that where again with a couple wingtras you know pay for the equipment under sixty thousand dollars that you go map uh, a city you know a couple times a week potentially and that's just uh, to me that's it's still something uh, that i'm comprehending but it's a very exciting times for sure for sure and so what we also learned from trent was the fact that to create the fastest orthomosaics would actually be done with the Wingtra because of its capabilities, right? I mean, it's it's insane. But here's the thing. Typically, to get those rapid orthomosaics, we would use something like PIX4D React, which if many of you are familiar with, you have actually no way of georeferencing that data whatsoever. There's nowhere to put GCPs in there. You can't do any of that. But with this proprietary system from Wingtra Hub, I think you have figured out the absolute fastest way to create georeference orthomosaics because the georeferencing is done in Wingtra Hub and you don't even need GPS equipment to do it. So how exactly does that work? Yeah, in a perfect setting, uh, you can get access to the USGS cores network to get you know, after that Rhinex data as long as your base station is, is within 20, um, uh, 20 miles of that. But basically... Do your geotagging with the Rhinex data, and then you create these uh, pretty accurate EXIF data, which you load into Pix4D React, and I call it decision-ready imagery. You know, we just processed, you know, uh, about 35 acres in, in about seven minutes. So, uh, to ha- and create a nice orthomosaic for the make those decisions off the imagery. You know, great solution for rapid response mapping, you know, severe weather, flooding, tornadoes, hurricanes. It's a great technology, which I feel hasn't quite been maximized, especially in that rapid response, emergency response areas. So um, I'm looking forward to pr- uh, pushing that ball down the field myself with Paul. And also just to get the word out there, it's a great combination of the technology to give you that decision-ready imagery. 
Yeah, for disaster assessment and response, it's it's unbelievable because of just the sheer area that you can cover, and you're not you don't need cellular data. You know, you don't need to have a rover. You don't need to have uh, arrow points if you're within 20 miles, like you said, of a cores tower. So not a tower or a GPS equipment that we have, but physical infrastructure. And so when we take that Rhinex data. Are we essentially taking that data from the tower and then Wingtra Hub is applying that information to the images? That is correct. Basically taking that, you know, XYZ information from the satellites and correcting the images that are coming off the Wingtra and making them more accurate, smarter. Uh, and basically it's an easy workflow to do that. Uh, you know, a couple steps in Wingtra Hub and, and you have your EXIF, geotag, PPK ready data. Yeah, I mean, literally in 20 minutes from landing, the flight took, what, seven minutes. Landing, 25 minutes later, everything was geo-referenced, processed, and delivered. That's insanely fast. Insanely fast, which is just, to me, it's still mind-boggling to think that this technology is here today to do this. Yeah, and it's a really intelligent proprietary system, too, because, again, with React not being able to do georeferencing, you are essentially doing that to the images prior to even uploading into any photogrammetric software, which really, gosh, the, the efficiency, even if you were running it in, say, Mapper, the efficiency of not having to do all those ground control points and marking them and all that, I mean, you save probably at least... 75% of the project time. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So it's, again, it's creating this accurate data that's pretty easy workflow to use and just coming out with a great, you know, again, it's about, you know, an accurate decision-ready uh, image, a map that you can basically give to first responders or uh, the proper authorities to figure out, hey, what has this flood, flood done to this area as this levee broke, things like that. So... So for people who are not kind of familiar with Wingtra, um, what does this drone typically cost? And I mean, we have already talked about it's a full frame sensor. So which camera is it using? And, and typically, what's the expense of acquiring one of these birds? Sure. So with the, the 42 megapixel camera, it's a great workhorse for uh, creating orthomosaics, contours, elevation models. Uh, with the PPK module with the case, you're looking at about $33,000, so low 30s on this, which is actually a small amount of money for what it does. Totally. So, uh, yeah, and that's the sensor I would recommend for that rapid response mapping. You know, there's four other sensors as well, too, that you know give you access to multispectral data, oblique data, a little budget-oriented ortho uh, camera as well. But um, that 42 megapixel really gives you that coverage and that efficiency that you need to create accurate data. So um, it, it's a great, uh, great workflow, great technology at a uh, price that you'll get a return of investment on very quickly. Well, yeah, because again, if you go back to the example of what you were saying with flying fixed wing aircraft versus doing these jobs with the Wingtra, I mean, you could literally charge half, let's just call it 10 grand for a particular project. And you're going to make the money back on the Wingtra really quickly because again, the force multiplier, the ability to do efficient georeferencing and the ability to map really large areas at a really high quality resolution. That's correct, Paul. We were just talking a few minutes before this, we had a break and you know, the large aerial companies out there, they're they are doing their work, large city, counties, projects, you know, large oil and gas. But, you know, with, with inflation, you know, maintenance costs, you know, pilot costs that a lot of those companies don't want to touch projects that are less than $50,000, which is great for drone service providers that have, a, for example, like a Wingtra, because there's a lot of projects out there that 
you know, it's just not efficient anymore to do it with a uh, fixed-winged manned aircraft. It's small enough. So with the wings, you know, several thousand acres, you know, up to 10,000 acres, uh, potentially, you know, that sweet spot. I've had customers, uh, had one customer do up to 20,000 acres with the Wingtra, which is pushing it for sure. But that sweet spot, you know, total project, I would say anywhere from 10 to 12,000 acres is the top end for a Wingtra, which, you know, that that's a lot of data. Um, mm-hmm. And guess what? It's it's something you can fly on a weekly basis, you know, uh, that really is, if you're a drone service provider, that the Wingtra piece of technology is great for going after those projects that are under $50,000 that the big fixed-wing manned aircraft uh, companies just aren't going after anymore. It just doesn't make sense for their bottom line to do it. Yeah. And now you mentioned too that the Wingtra has multiple payloads, some of them being uh, multi-spectral payloads. So uh, for the layman's out there, essentially this drone could be great for agricultural operations as well. Trent, we had a student who was, uh, his family had a bunch of rice farms, mm-hmm. I believe in Arkansas. Um, and you know who you are. You attended the Denver mapping class, I think back in 19. Um, but that said, he was looking for a PPK solution to not only map, but acquire multispectral data. I told him, and this was years ago, I think the best drone for you would literally be the Wingtra. Mm -hmm. Because again, the lack of GCPs. Now, you know, if you really want killer data, it is, you know, best to have some sort of rover or an arrow point as some sort of, you know, check, but you still can get really good data. Again, if the environment is right, like you alluded to, but when it comes to agriculture, when it comes to these multispectral sensors, do you think that the Wingtra is one of the best solutions out there or a solution out there for ag? Absolutely. I think the market, you know, you read a lot, read a lot of the marketing reports on agriculture. You know, it's going to become multi-billions for drones. I think we just haven't seen the adoption of it yet. The technology is, I mean, the Wingtra with a great Micasense um, uh, camera, multi-spectral uh, system on there is, is a great solution for agriculture. I think there's a little bit of a changing of the guard with agriculture groups that, you know, younger generations are coming in with the technology where, you know, the older generation was more concerned about paying off a piece of equipment where, you know, a drone wasn't viewed as a tool that was maybe worth investing. But now, you know, we have to feed the population and everything else with a lot of the, the uh, um, extreme weather we have. It's ever more important to be very precise with your agriculture, fertilizing, uh, you know, um, irrigation, pests, things like that, where if you pair it up with a great multispectral um, um, sensor like a Red Edge and the Wingtra, and now the ability to uh, do PPK geotagging makes that data, the relative actually even better that you get really good results. So, you know, the San Joaquin Valley, the big bread baskets, the United States, they're great tools, you know, for example, to run, get an NDVI index calculation, look at the crop, uh, I'm sorry, the health of your crops and your fields, where I think we're going to see this continually, um, you know, maybe it was slow going in the beginning, but I think we're rapidly going to see the adoption of technology like a Wingtra system with a multispectral sensor and processing that with, say, for the PIX40 fields. It's a tremendous uh, combination. I think we're just going to see the, that, the need for that to ever grow. Totally. And I think as we see more solutions for interpreting that data, I feel like that's the big hang up with a lot of ranchers and farmers. It's like, okay, this is great data. 
but how do I act on this data? Are we going to send another drone out that's going to go spray? Are we going to send people out to go look at an issue? You know, I feel like there are still multiple steps that could be better solved. There are solutions right now, but I mean, um, imagine you're a rancher or farmer and you fly the wing trail, you get your multispectral data, you've got your, also your EO point cloud. And if you could throw all of that to your John Deere tractor and it takes everything, it, it, it conducts all the actions for you of plucking certain plants or, you know, putting water in certain areas or maybe some sort of pesticides or, um, uh, fertilizer. I mean, having that end to end solution, I feel like is when we will fully see the full adoption of drones in ag. Absolutely. And that, that sums up, you know, pretty, pretty much precision agriculture. It's ever important. It's very challenging with weather. I mentioned a couple minutes ago where I truly believe um, that precision agriculture, this workflow, it, at the end of the day, it's giving us those correct answers. So at the end of the day, we love flying drones, the technology, everything else, but it is with paying the bills basically are those answers, the correct answers, that correct workflow. So that's uh, what we're after. And that's, that's right there is the, the whole return investment of this technology. Totally. So I think we'll ever see it improving as well too, you know, some AI automation, things like that. You know, I think you have to really look under the cover today, look at that information that's coming out of some of the software packages to, you know, do some ground truthing on that. But <laughs> I, I think that um, I'm, I'm excited for the future, uh, you know, with agriculture. So I, I talked to a lot of people in it, you know, it's a little slower than your traditional uses for drones, but I think, you know, the, the market out there is, is definitely ready for uh, this technology. Totally, totally. Well, thanks to you, Trent, we're going to be adding the Wingtra into our Don't Crash course system, which will propagate to all the prop systems. We're going to be adding in uh, a little bit about rapid orthomosaics for our rapid orthomosaic course, our disaster response props program. But at the end of the day, this, I think, really, really expands the offerings. And I have to say, to bring someone on board, so you are now the director of operations, or excuse me, director of sales for Props Drone U. We've never had anyone work in sales at Drone U. It's always been organic, but with Props being more enterprise, you have to have more kind of relationships and touch points. My point is, is to bring someone on board who's a director of sales, who also has all the experience of mapping, and then can also teach additional content to help our clients like dude you you really do have the whole package oh. well thanks for that paul i mean when we first started the dialogue i was very excited you know i started researching and everything else and i thought it was a great match for both groups to really much get together because it's also too i, I feel a need there's a there's a hole in the industry as far as you know this can fill that i think we really can you know, get this rocket ship off the ground, you know, pun intended. So um, I'm pretty excited about working with you and the team and Rob and everything else. So I, I feel like my background can really be a help to you guys and and, and vice versa. So I'm, I'm really excited to be working with these guys. And I, you know, I think the sky's the limit for us. Amen. The feeling is mutual, Trent. So that to be said, if you are in a drone program, a drone team, you're just getting started or refreshed, you've got to check out the props program. Reach out to Trent, Trent at thedroneu.com. Here's the other cool thing about bringing Trent on board. Um, you need a Wingtra? Well, for the first time ever, <laughs> Drone U through Trent is going to yep. be supporting Wingtra Very sales. Very excited about that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think um, that we'll probably do some good things in that arena as well, too. So it, it's a great piece of technology. I fully believe in it. So um, yeah, I've been working with over three years with the hardware. So That's it's, a, awesome. it's a great system. And I think paired up with Drone U, it's a great, great combination.
combination of all experience and tools and everything else. No, totally agree. So one last question before we end, where do you see the future of the industry? Like just a general macro view, maybe what verticals you see growing the most? Like, what do you see? Sure. So, you know, I, I gravitate a little bit toward the energy space. I, I think energy is the economy, uh, whether it be oil and gas, solar, wind. At the end of the day, all of our lives have been impacted by the um, you know, availability of cheap energy. You know, of, of course, things are very interesting now in the geopolitical stage, but I feel like <laughs> with with the drone technology, you will see more and more support for oil and gas for more for solar, for more putting the infrastructure in as well for utilities. So I'm very excited to see as, you know, especially when we talk about BB loss, you know, beyond visual line of sight work, that that's a natural progression. We aren't quite there yet, you know, with some of the regulations, but it's gonna come at some point. Uh, you know, that ball is moving down the field and I know there's a lot of frustration a little bit. It's not moving fast enough, but I think there's enough momentum there that truly these projects will become bigger. We'll see more just ability to fly systems, you know, uh, very autonomous as well, too. And I think, you know, it, it, the future is going to, hey, I just need to push a button and the system will go collect some data and, and give me the answers. But I see very exciting times for the energy space. You know, energy is the economy. I want to see the technology support that, whether it be quadcopters, fixed wing, uh, whether they got LIDAR on them, photogrammetry. I'm just very excited to see what it does for the energy industry, for sure. So. Now, does your answer regarding the energy uh, arena or vertical have anything to do with this new infrastructure bill that's being pushed by Congress? Absolutely. I think there's going to be a big, we're already seeing it for, uh, you know, platforms to support inspection as well, too, because the health of the assets, I think we saw, you know, a couple of years ago when Texas had the big meltdown, you know, there's three grids in the country, one of them's Texas, that a lot of people caught hell for, you know, whatever, they weren't prepared for the cold weather, you know, a lot of finger pointing, but that is good for the drone industry, I feel, because as you see, Congress now has put a bill through that's uh, for spending money on the infrastructure. And that part of that is actually work for a law of inspections and that helps the drone industry. It's like creating like an inventory of all the infrastructure prior to actually doing any potential work of like building the super grid or building that, new bridges. That's correct. And I think, you know, last 20, 30 years, 40 years in this country, there's been a, a neglect of infrastructure. And, you know, we saw some of the, whether it be bridges, utilities, and we have to update this grid to support, you know, some of the growth, the newer technologies, a lot of solar. How do you, how do you, the influx of solar when the sun's on, when it's not on? Um, I think that's ever important and that means you know more robust grid uh more robust infrastructure and that means more areas that need inspected to maintain those grids so that's ever going to be important like i said it's been a lot of neglect the last 20 40 years in this country and i think it's just exciting for drone technology because they're the perfect tool for supporting that infrastructure totally and and i and when it comes to solar and we're seeing obviously a huge increase in solar especially with like the Tesla superchargers and whatnot of whom we've trained. But I think that the drone market and DSPs and enterprise companies have a huge opportunity uh, with solar because, you know, we've taught uh, prop solar, solar inspections using Raptor maps, you know, acquiring autonomous information about which panels are broken. What is the actual cost of that on a monthly basis? What is the decrease in efficiency? And then on an annual basis, what is that costing the, the farm runner or owner or operator? And now though, with companies like Lucid drone technologies, like that sprayer drone we have over there, you can now 
literally, you know, do all of the analysis and interpretation of, you know, what's not working. And in solar, I found out that it only takes a year or two, especially in the Southwest, to lose up to 25% efficiency of the power output of those panels. So now pilots can interpret, showcase the problem, and then utilizing a system like Lucid Drone Technologies, go out and actually clean the panels. I mean, I feel like it's an end-to-end solution, and I bring this up because sometimes I think we don't know what we don't know about the future applications of drones. I would agree. Yeah, if we had a crystal ball, you know, we could really, um, you know, be amazing. But I I think it's always working with the customers and talking about the applications, which really gets me excited. You know, spend a couple hours and what are you actually doing? What do you think about this? So it's always, I'm always open ears because I don't have all the answers. You know, I may only have a couple here and there, but at the end of the day, it's about listening to the customers and the applications. You know what? I know I said that was going to be my last question, but you just brought up a really big point. One of the things that I think that you do so well is uh, your ability to work with people and build those relationships. And when I asked you, like, what are your key methods of acquiring new clients in your previous jobs? Your answer was really fascinating. And I feel like uh, your ability to build those relationships is, in my opinion, like your key performance indicator for your capacity to genuinely not only just sell drones and training, but provide value. And I, I, I bring all this up because if you were a DSP, if you were a small business or a smaller drone team, what advice would you give to people to go out and drum up business? Because I, I really don't understand some of the the dichotomy that's out there right now where we've got DSPs saying they're having trouble getting business. And then we just had a huge company come to us and say, we need to hire 3,500 pilots and not just these 107 operators. We need people who can actually get maps, photo, video, fly in close proximity. I mean, so what would you recommend to these pilots who are struggling to drum up business? What would you tell them to do? I would have conversations with their potential prospects and be as human as possible. You know, since the pandemic, things have changed rapidly, I think, where we're yearning for that human connection to build emotionally. Not only, yes, you may have a business relationship, but I was just thinking the other day, a lot of my friends in life are from work or from customers at the end of the day where I got to know folks really well and understand them, you know, what were their emotional pain points with their with their technology where you become that person that's they look at you're going to help them yeah so i think not just to sign a contract get a deal you get a commission check or whatever you're trying to do we all have to put food on the table but also too i I think it's very important you build that relationship where they look at you and say you know this person really wants to help me out yeah and that's a key there which is just be yourself um get to know their dog's name get to know their their other half's name what they like to do i mean that's we're human and I'm generally curious about human beings. We're very interesting creatures at the end of the day, you know. What makes each person tick? It, every person is different. They way what they want to be approached, but we all have this yearning to actually connect with somebody and and say, "Hey, this person's just not trying to sell me a piece of technology. They actually want to help me and I you know, they're not going to move on to the next account." I that's the one advice I can give. Really get to know your customers and 
you know, the old thing, it says, you know, business and personal stuff doesn't mix. I think that's kind of, for me, that's thrown out the door where, hey, I do want to go skiing with somebody. I still want to go snowboarding and get to know them even better because in this industry, especially, we're all in this together, you know. So, totally. And I, I, I want to see generally people, my customers, be successful with the technology and the workflows. That, that really gets me up every day. Well, and you mentioned the the personal work uh, dichotomy in the cr- in the creator economy. Now that's got out the window. You know, they're 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 work a hundred percent of the time. What would you say is the best methodologies of discerning who the right potential clients may be, and then how best to have that initial. Uh, connection or that initial uh, interaction? Sure. I think it starts with a lot of conversations that could be dead ends here and there. You may not be talking to the right person, but you figure out that pretty quickly. Um, you know, if you're going to a group that's never used mapping data or inspection data, you know, that might be a longer road to travel before there's a relationships that's created to provide an answer or a solution to the technology. But establish groups that you can go after, you know, utilities, oil and gas that need inspections, need mapping data, those are prime targets. There's a number of tools out there. You know, I, I use Apollo.io a lot to look at UAS program managers for maybe the state of Texas or the Dallas area. I'm just throwing an area out there. And then you take that information, those 10 people in that area, then you do research maybe on LinkedIn and you find out, okay, is this person ever did even know what mapping data is? Do they know what a point cloud data is? They know certain file formats that, you know, if you're starting, it's, it's okay to start from scratch. You know, I've had work with customers say, hey, we're trying to do this. Do you think drones could help us? And you recommend a platform, you recommend, um, you know, the software and how to process it. So I, I think it's just, you know, it's a lot of wood to chop. You just can't jump in there. You got to stay in there and, you know, have as many conversations as possible. And to be honest, uh, it's it's a solutions consultant role, but it's mentally draining. And just be prepared for that where, um, you know, you may not have instantaneous success. But um, I always say sales are like campfires. You got to continually put logs on them all. Some of them go out. Some of them become bonfires. But if you're continually tending to those, the customers see that this person is generally interested in my success and maybe they're ready 12 months from now, hey, you know what? I got authorization to spend $100,000 on drone technology. How would you spend it? So I have a guy the other day that just said to me that we had a nice long conference call in the Texas area that said, hey, um, our CEO just basically gave me a blank check and here's what we're trying to do. Can you come down in January uh, to talk about, you know, power line inspections, mapping of corridors. And of course, I'm going to come down with a variety of, of systems as well. We'll talk about training with drone you. And that to me was very exciting. He said, you know what? Okay, this, this looks great. You seem knowledgeable. Do as much research as you can on the industries. Don't go in, you know, somebody doesn't want to be, talk to a person if you're one down. If you know less of them or not the same as them, it's, you know, why would they want to talk to you? Make sure you know your customers, make sure you know the technology and make sure what problems you're trying to solve. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and to that point really quick, one of the things I think to provide a visual to that point is if you were to have an initial meeting with someone and you've looked them up on LinkedIn, you did a little social creeping sure. as we call it. Yes. But when they bring up a particular... Yeah, right? When we do th- uh, uh, that research and someone brings up a particular subject and you know what they're talking about because you took the time to go sure. look at what they're involved in, you get that instant rapport, right? Yes. Absolutely. And I feel like that's reason enough to really do your research. That's correct. Yeah, you got to build credit for yourself. And let's say you're working with utilities. You know, I just recently brought 
three books on updating the U.S. infrastructure for the grid. It's, you know, maybe at nine o'clock at night. It's, uh, you know, not the most exciting reading, but you get into it and you start connecting the dots where then you, know, you actually come up with ideas. You come, hey, you know, with this because that person's an expert mm. in the infrastructure grid for their area potentially, but also, too, they're not an expert in what drone technology is out there. So it's your job to connect those dots mm. and you can't do it any better you know, unless you really know their business, their pain points, that may mean sitting in their office for six hours and collecting a bunch of notes, which I've done. And then when you talk to the next customer, wow, this person's actually in this industry, they know what they're talking about. And they seriously want to help because that's how you help them connect the dots. You're the expert in the drone technology. They're the expert in the US utility grid and way things are in inspected and updated. So you need to be that person that's going to connect the dots for them. But ever, you know, read as much as you can, um, you know, become and try to become an expert just like them in that area, which you may, you may spend a lifetime trying to learn what they know, but at least you're able to connect with the drone technology that, you know, so make sure you know your platforms, your software, the data side, you know, what you can do with that data as much as possible. And that, that takes some time, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And so like this process of building relationships, this is not a sprint, this is a marathon. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, relationships are the economy at the end of the day. So yeah. it's a relationship economy where you want to be that trusted person. Because if you sell somebody a piece of technology that you knew in your heart that wasn't the right match, but hey, I'm almost a quota. Well, of course, you know, you're ever going to sell that company again and they're going to have you know when they're out of the social they're going to say hey let's not talk to trent and paul again because you know they sold us something we didn't need mm. i'm never going to provide a solution for something you don't need so for me i'm going to look out for that customer now if it's not the right solution and what i'm offering i'm going to tell them you know maybe we can't put that together for you but at least here this group we have a lot of access to a lot of different solutions that we can sit down and say hey we have the training piece we have the hardware we have the software and it's a nice um, you know, grouping of, of offerings that truly we can really help the industry. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, you know, I think one of the things I, I really uh, like and respect about you is integrity and, you know, the high uh, ethical kind of, you know, moral stance that you have regarding sales and doing it right. And if it's not the right solution, I'm moving on. It's fine. Yep. Have you found that in having that type of attitude and uh, implementing it that you've had clients that maybe you didn't initially sell, but then came back to you because they simply trusted you to make the right decisions? Yeah, absolutely. There were you know, customers that um, you know, had older technology and we said maybe we should change it out, things like that. But you know, I, was, I was always available to them. You, know, you don't always call somebody to potentially get a sale that day. It's learning about them, trying to figure out their pain points. And also, you know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Listen to what they're saying and collect as much information that you be, you know, they, they want to be able to trust you. So, I mean, your word is everything at the end of the day, because if you're in the industry and they find out, you know, you've sold some shady deals or they're not, I don't want to say shady, it's not the right technology for that. Then of course, you're not going to sell that account ever again. You'll get a, you know, a, a bad name for yourself. So it truly is, you know, the customer views that you're helping them out, that you truly care about them, which I don't see other, any other way to do it. And I think you're very passionate. You have the same kind of mindset as me, too, to help the customers out. I mean, I mean, you'll you'll be successful. Yeah, you know, 100 percent. In all honesty, I think you know, driving the value home, listening a lot. I feel like in today's society, we just listen to respond. We don't actually listen to understand. That's a great quote. 
You know, it, it, I mean, I'm guilty of that too. You know me, I sometimes just spout off stuff really sure. quick. So, um, but Trent, I'm really grateful to have you on this team. Uh, really grateful to see, uh, you know, what you're doing already and, and what's to come. And I think your experience in this particular industry is so valuable too, because how many drones, equipment, how many things have come out where the marketing says one thing and the reality Yep. is totally different. Yep. You know, having, exactly. yeah, having that experience is invaluable. Yeah. I think that, you know, I've worked for hardware manufacturers and there's these published specifications, but you know, you don't really, you gotta apply it to the real world, you know? So I think, you know, you've been a voice of that as well too. You say, all right, well, let's actually test it. You know, maybe we push the boundaries of it, actually you can get this, you know? So, uh, it just makes me think of like the, you know, the, the new, um, Top Gun movie, you know, the, uh, <laughs> they wanted to test the, you know, integrity of the airframe. Well, it can actually do this, you know. So I've always, you got to look at the manufacturer and say, okay, let's look at those specs, but actually look at what it actually does in the real world. And that's what's, that's really important. I, I think at Drone New, that's something you guys have always done. Well, thank so, you. I appreciate yeah. that. No, it's, yeah. it's really important for me. And maybe uh, Top Gun will have another sequel when the uh, B-21 Stealth Raider comes out on maybe Friday. That, that is right. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited yep. about that. Uh, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, what what would you think about selling an aircraft that cost $2 billion? <laughs> there you go. I always said my dream sales job was working for an aviation manufacturer. So, you know, the Boeings, Airbuses, you know, I, I think that'd be great. But you only have so many sales targets. For that. You only have a mm -hmm. handful. But how many how many clients do you need on a commission of two billion? That know? is that is correct. Just one, right? <laughs> sure. Well, Trent, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think uh, a lot of people have a lot to learn from you. I've been learning from you. I've been really enjoying it too, uh, because I think what you'll find with Trent is, yeah, he's helping drone teams and programs get the right training, like the utilities in Texas. I feel like we're so prepared for that because we've been working in New York State and doing all their power line stuff, and so that's exciting. But what's also exciting is the way that you work with people. You're very forgiving. You're very mellow. You're very chill. When I think of like a um, classy Denver, like uh, uh, suave, like I don't know how to say this, um, just like a, a business guy, like you're what comes to mind because Denver is like the epitome of working hard, but we also chill hard too. Like we understand balance, you know? Absolutely. I think it is balance. You work hard. There's no nine to five work day anymore. So at the end of the day, Day, you know, uh, it, you know, dogs, kids, another half that you actually, you have commitments to, but you know, maybe at nine o'clock at night, you're actually still helping the customer where that's just the nature of the world. And, you know, we're, as you see, since the pandemic offices have kind of gone poof, you know, mm -hmm. we're still have offices of course, but I think it's something that, yes, you have to work hard, play hard, make sure you maintain your health, exercise, eat well. That's ever important to me as, as, as well, where at the end of the day, it, it helps you support those customers. So and it keeps keeps everything real and fresh. Totally. And what I've been learning too recently is how exercise is the fuel for everything else. Like yep. your energy, your ability to work with people, your patience, your emotional intelligence. Like, holy cow, I don't think I ever gave exercise enough credit. And that, that's just a personal learning experience. Yeah, it's, it's something that we've all been there. We burned ourselves out where you truly need, you know, what, I'm exhausted. I need to take a break and recharge myself because, you know, everything's going to be there tomorrow as mm -hmm. well. And just, you know, maintain that because if you're not maintain that energy level, you're, you're, you're everything around you is suffering, including the customers. But um, 
yeah, I, I'm very excited about this opportunity to work with you and the team. I think, you know, you guys have a great reputation. So um, and I like how analytical you are. You look at certain things. Hey, what about this way? You know, you, well, I didn't think about it that way. So I'm really excited about learning from you as well, too. Well, thanks, Trent. That, yep. mean, that means a lot, man. Yep. And uh, I'm excited, too, because I know you're going to help a lot of people and help further perpetuate that reputation of integrity. That's really why I wanted to work with you. And you you had some of the highest recommendations. I've literally ever heard. I've never heard so many people be like, Trent Cossey, oh yeah, you, you want to work with him. So that was well, that's, great. That's good to hear. It's just, you know, good old fashioned sales work and working hard. Totally. Well, Trent, thanks again for joining us. And thank, thank you to all of you for joining us as well. You can reach out to Trent, Trent at the Drone U. And sir, thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's a great uh, session. Definitely. Well, that's going to do it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for joining us. If you have a question, askdroneyou.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.